Welcome to the Design Break Podcast, a new podcasting experience designed to help you break into the creative world and grow your career. I'm your host, Rocky Rourke, a freelance illustrator and designer, and I'm here to help you. So let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Design Break Podcast. I'm your host, Rocky Rourke, and today I have a good friend of mine, Stu Smith, based in Austin, Texas, the former founder of Sputnik Creative. Where are you at now? You were a creative director at CrateJoy, and now you're a senior product designer at Trello. Is that correct? That's right. Awesome. Well, why don't you start actually by telling the, the audience a little bit about yourself, you know, a little bit beyond where I just basically said. <laughs> yeah, so like you mentioned, I, uh, I'm on the design team at Trello, focused on, yeah, doing a lot of improvements around like team functionality um, and engagement for Trello. I was attracted to working there um, because I've, you know, I've been a user like a lot of us for just years and years. So like getting the call to work on that was pretty cool. Yeah, prior to that, ran my own design shop, uh, which was, you know, its own harrowing adventure. Um, <laughs> did that for about eight years, got to work on like a ton of different cool, interesting stuff. Like I feel like those years are like what taught me how to do this whole thing. Um, and then, yeah, I have worked in a couple startups. The one where we've gotten to know each other was Able Lending. So as an alternative small business lender, which is really cool, even though that sounds about as lame as it can get, <laughs> like, you know, business loans don't really tend to be the thing that designers like gravitate towards, but lots of big problems to solve. Pretty fun. And then, uh, yeah, I was at CrateJoy, which is a consumer focused marketplace for subscription boxes. So there's not like a real obvious common thread through all these, but I feel like I'm always gravitated towards things that kind of have a bent towards helping small business owners that's what's attractive about you know the current role that i'm in is a lot of like team focused work and yeah it's kind of been the thing whether it's been like branding little businesses at the agency or small business loans or create joy was things similar to like etsy where a creator could go sell on their own so that's that's kind of the stuff i end up really enjoying yeah it's really cool just to see your journey and to also be a part of it in a way working with you at at able lending that was i actually loved doing that work i think you actually left and i continued working working with them for probably a total of almost nine months doing freelance illustration work and it was it was just a blast yeah nice so let me let's actually go far back so growing up were you kind of like a creative kid like did you did you draw were you kind of like maybe even entrepreneurial in any way yeah i mean i definitely like doodled and like played with Legos kind of endlessly as a kid. I've always been that person that is a little bit, like if there's a spectrum between design and business, like I sort of end up falling like, I I consider myself a business person more than I do like a creative. Like if if I'm out getting a drink and like somebody asks like what you do, I I will probably come up with like a businessy sounding answer. Um, And that's (laughs) been, that's been like that. Like since I was a kid, I, I had this thing where, you know, I like developed a contract when a kid borrowed lunch money from me. He just did it every day. And then I like <laughs> wrote a bunch of terms and like how he was going to have to pay me interest on this money when I was probably in like second grade. Oh my God. That's so cool. That, it's actually really cool to hear that. Like I had a uh, semi truck. I remember on it. I like did it on our little dot matrix printer at the house. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've always been kind of, I think business minded. Like I had little businesses growing up where I would buy and sell things that 
you know, we're becoming valuable, like, business cards or like god help us beanie babies for a second there uh yeah i think i'm probably like a person that's has a creative skill set that is trying to like always do something on the business side with those skills yeah and i think it's a big hallmark for an entrepreneurial spirit too like doing stuff like that when you're a kid like i remember i tried selling a homemade magazine when i was four years old went on to do lawn care for like pretty much over 10 years making money selling business cards and stuff so i i see that same sort of uh thing in you and it's actually really interesting because unlike a lot of creatives like you said like you focus a lot more on business and you actually even went to college and got a, a degree in business communications right from uh university of texas right yeah so it's like a it's kind of i actually intended to be a design major i switched schools like right after freshman year uh wanted to move to austin and was like pretty active in music at that point in life and so i was like well i need to be where i can do music stuff and i'm going to be a design major at uc uh showed up to the i guess the admissions office like right when i got to school that is like following directions to just go enroll and like pick out classes and uh it was really weird i was talking about the work i had done uh, as a freelancer up until this point, I like talked about classes I had taken in my freshman year and in high school, and uh, just point blank, like the admissions officer was like, "Well, listen, here's how this program goes. Unless you think you're pretty hot shit, we only accept sixty people every year, and uh, that deadline just passed, so you're gonna have to do it next year, and then it's another four years on top because none of the stuff you've done up to this point even applies." So she was very discouraging. It was like a very frustrating experience um i recounted this to my friend last was like christmas around 2017 he's a professor in the design school at university of texas recounted this to him and he was just furious he's like you know absolutely we don't talk to people like that it's ridiculous and i was like well it's maybe like a little bit of divine intervention for me what i did is i walked over and you know got into a, basically a hybrid degree that taught me business and comms and I don't think I would have been as set up for all the stuff that I've done had I maybe like gone down the like studio art degree route or like design degree. Yeah, it's it's definitely something where it's like for me, it, it's crazy because, you know, you got a business degree. I got a design degree and I actually wish that I would have taken business classes like I took a marketing class and economics class and that was about it. And I actually wish that I would have taken a business class because then it probably would have prepared me more for you know after afterwards going to freelance and everything like that i was just gonna say yeah that it feels like a common gap it's like something i want to explore at some point in my career is how to you know how to actually coach younger designers on the business side it's a it's so like yeah. critical that you understand how to talk the language of your customer definitely so let me ask like you mentioned that you you were doing freelance work when you went to uh, apply and to get into like the design program and everything like that. When did you actually like make that jump and specifically start to do design design work? I, I imagine since you said freelancing work that you were probably doing it before college, but can you explain like how you actually made that jump into it? Yeah. I mean, I started out doing design stuff, actually just like freshman year of college, started helping with things here and there. I uh, had like an Adobe license through my school and honestly, yeah, started doing design more heavily, like after I had moved to Austin. So 
mention I was pretty involved with music. I used to tour and play in bands, and really until like eight years ago, eight or nine years ago, that was my main income was was traveling and playing. And so when I moved to Austin, I was actually working and helping at a church. It was like a little small, small like startup church. It's helping with the music there, and they kind of looked around the room when some project needed to be done. They're like, does anybody do this? Like, you're like the creative guy. I was like, well, you know, I can try, whatever. I'm not sure. And so I designed these, like, really awful orange postcards that I still remember with, like, a ton of drop shadow and (laughs) iStock photography. But it was weird because it, like, the apartment complex that I lived at, a similar thing happened where they were like, hey, I don't know, do you know how to do any design? Like, we need some some help with these things. Um, And it honestly just, like, snowballed. So, like, I helped out with that church, helped out with the apartment complex, and it was really weird. Like it ended up being where that apartment complex ended up being my first like full big blown, uh, client relationship. So it went from like designing little happy hour flyers to designing the entire like brand identities for new properties that they would build. So worked with them for like the first like four years of my freelancing career and, you know, went from projects. Yeah. I went from projects being like, you know, a hundred dollar projects to like $60,000 projects. And I still like keep in touch with those people. They were definitely my my big break. And I was kind of like in the right place at the right time of like seizing the opportunity. Yeah, it's always interesting to like to see, you know, when you start off doing freelance and everything, like it's it's always like, you know, pretty much penny, pennies on the dollar and everything. And then over time, like the prices go up and up and up and up. And it's cool to actually see that because it's I feel like it's actually rare to see that happen with a one specific client. Where you're like making like a hundred dollars here, hundred dollars there on something to then go up to like you said sixty thousand dollars. That's that's an amazing amazing accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, it's there is like truth in there where it's hard once somebody's priced you at a certain level to to like change the script on them. That one in particular was, I was able to do only because I like changed levels within the organization. It's kind of like if you worked a full time job somewhere as well. Um, yeah, I went from working like at the apartment complex level to like the regional level and then like larger national and then was able to like even get into I don't know just other projects that they're doing that like are kind of removed from that first initial stakeholder but yeah so you started off doing free freelance and everything you were doing a lot of freelance after college you know you're doing a lot of music for and by the way I still remember coming out there to Austin I think summer of 2017 and sitting on your back porch with you and you pull out a guitar and just start playing and I'm just like this guy like he's he's a freaking rock star he's he's an amazing designer he's an amazing business person amazing musician like what can't he do <laughs> I don't know I don't really sleep that well so that's one thing <laughs> now thanks for saying that I mean it's like music's still a big part of what I do I get to yeah play still with a band probably every week now which is awesome so it's like a yeah, big, big need for me. Yeah, and Austin's like almost a mecca for music too, right? It's like it's become a big scene for music and bands and everything. Yeah, you know, it's got a little up and coming live music capital of the world thing happening, but it's it's funny. It's that's that's actually kind of going away more than I would like in Austin because it's like harder to find places to play. Like town's becoming very mm. like tech centric, uh, which is <laughs> very helpful for my career, but maybe not my passions. Um, yeah. So you went from from freelancing and everything to then starting Sputnik Creative. You know, why don't you talk a little bit about that image? Because that's a that's a major thing. Like going from just being a freelancer to then actually starting 
a studio slash agency like i don't for me that that's actually the scariest thing like it's something i want to eventually do but at the same time it scares me to death so i I love to hear that i'm sure listeners would too yeah i think uh, a big part of that that is worth understanding is that i had like a lot less to lose at that point in life like uh (laughs) you know i have kids now i've got a house i've got you know quite a few like requirements for income at the moment um i started that because freelance work had just sort of spiraled i remember being in this position i had a client a retainer they were like a really awesome retained client but they wanted me to come work full-time there and it was just a situation where i was like i don't i don't know i don't think i'm that person i don't want to do that like I haven't been building all this momentum as a freelancer. Like, I didn't have anything in mind up to this point. I was I was kind of like, well, this is cool. I can work at home. It fits in nicely with these, like, passion things on music. No grand vision to be like, I'm going to go start this thing. I'm a founder. But I was forced in this moment to actually make some calls. And it was truthfully, so that was 2010 or 9, back, way back then. And I was it was the offer that I had like money wise is the same amount that I make now. So it's like, it's, so that was big. Cause that was inflation yeah, decade, and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. A decade prior. Like it was, it was, <laughs> and just being so young, it was like so much money being 10 years younger. And so they had a lot of the like things that were like, wow, this really feels like I could take this and I've made it. But at like a soul level, I just, it, it didn't feel like my story. It didn't feel like what I wanted out of, this whole thing I've been working on. So at the same time, getting like more and more clients, I get this one huge client where it was kind of that first time on like a proposal where I just took a flyer. I was like, I mean, this is three times what I normally charge, but I'm going to, I'm going to try it. Like, and so it was about a, I think it was like a $30,000 web job that came in alongside of other projects. And yeah. And I was like, well, I'm going to do it, but I, I, I have zero ability to do this on my own. And so hired out my buddy Jay Roberts, uh, who's like the tiny horse on Dribble and Instagram and stuff. Uh, hired him to help with that initial project, and yeah, we just worked so well together that it's like great. I'm gonna keep you on. I think I ended up like, you know, coming up with the name and branding just because I needed something that was other than just you know stew.biz or whatever. And yeah, over the years it grew, and from the business side, it's like agencies sort of grow by adding like people and projects you know we had i think like eight full-time at the biggest maybe like 10 to 12 like if you count freelancers Mm -hmm. and then you know kept a core group for quite a few years but yeah i did that for like i think the sputnik thing was yeah about like six-ish years that's hard it's always hard to like remember when the like freelancing stopped and when it like became you know where you have payroll and stuff let me ask you like where where did the name come from i know you mentioned you just said that you know that you had to come up with a name and everything but was there anything behind it or anything that sparked that name yeah so grew up uh in florida and the church that we went to when i was a kid one of the church members was jim Irwin, who was the lunar commander on the apollo 15 mission so i've grown up as a kid just obsessed with space and, you know, probably, like, my most watched movie of all time is, like, Apollo 13. I just, I dork out <laughs> on space stuff. So, yeah, that was definitely in my, there was, like, some rockety terms and stuff that I was, like, interested in when I came up with 
or needing to come up with a name. But I landed on it, and what was cool is once I actually like started digging into meanings, sweating means fellow traveler, which is a cool thing. Like if you're a consultant, good to be good to have kind of that mentality of you know clients or partners, not just like people that send me checks. And it was a story that really, once we kept going with it, appealed to our clients. One funny thing on the fellow traveler deal is Jay came up with this really amazing script and we put it out on our blog, like, hey, anybody wants this tattooed on them, like, we'll do it for free. So there are two people in the world that have, like, the Sputnik fellow traveler script. And one guy is, is, like, his tattoo is, like, nine inches long, like, on the inside of his bicep. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like a $200 tattoo. (laughs) That's insane. I've never gotten to that point. I know one of my former coworkers, he created a brand and the, I don't know if it was like the CFO or the CMO of the company actually got the mark tattooed on his arm. And I'm just like, holy crap. Like you have your, your creation is actually on somebody's body. Yeah. And it's like, what's going to happen five years from now when they change the name? <laughs> yeah. Or like, I, I don't know. I'm glad he didn't get the Sputnik logo. It'd be yeah, it was a cool logo though. I see. I remember years ago. I think I was still in college. I actually found found Sputnik Creative because I was doing research on agencies. I thought about moving to, to Austin, and I remember finding you guys. I can't. I can't remember what brought me to your site or anything like that. And I still can't remember this day if I actually did reach out or if or anything. But I know I followed you guys, and it was it was just really interesting because we actually met. What was it? It was uh, 2016, the summer, uh, fall, when I actually transitioned from you know working at a company to being a full-time freelancer, and that's like where our relationship you know started, and we started chatting, and eventually started working together. Yeah, yeah. I was actually gonna see. I don't have my the old Sputnik email on this computer. I was gonna try and see if you did reach out. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think we may have met before that at a creative south but like in very like quick passing i went in 2013 yeah. and remember that but i don't know it's all a blur man yeah it's like that far back because like i've been going to creative south every single year since because 2013 was my first year and but there was like a, maybe a hundred people so i'm sure we probably did meet yeah but it's, just, it's just hard to remember that yep you're speaking this year right yeah, this year I am speaking at Creative South. It, it's almost every single episode now I've mentioned that, and I'm just like, okay, people are going to get tired going back and listening and hearing Creative South this, Creative South that. No, but it's been a long time keep, in the making. Keep saying it. Make that Mike Jones guy pay this high overhead you got going here. <laughs> I know, right? He's getting a lot of free publicity. So what So what happened with Sputnik? Why did you decide to inevitably you know, end it, basically? Yeah, I mean, there's probably like a whole lot there that like isn't totally worth going into but I mean we just went through like some pretty insane just awful situations between client dispute leadership dispute in the company all the while it's 2014-15 like my grandmother was like sick in the hospital eventually died like after six months and I'm sorry uh, to hear that yeah, I mean, man, it was like a it was a perspective setter mainly. All this stuff started happening where it just felt like the wheels were coming off. Also, like the work seemed like it was sort of starting to dry up. Mm-hmm. I think my last week, or yeah, it was like the week before I sort of made the decision that I'm like just done with this. I had to do like 28 biz dev meetings that week to just try and line stuff up. So we were heading into the summer. This thought had been in my mind for a little while, of like, okay, well I've owned this, I've run this. 
my quality of life is like not that great be, being sort of like my overwhelming feeling in that business was like I'm trapped I just I have my employees that rely on me to make sure that this thing keeps running and I have customers who like the more we start charging the more expectation there is and yeah. it was just it was honestly just an emotionally like draining position to be in I never started all this to do this you know I never yeah. I never signed up for any of this and so yeah between like some pretty pretty awful circumstances I was like I'm you know I'm out there's this is a thing I could always come revisit it sucked having to let everybody go and like make the call everyone I think sort of knew that something needed to change though there's probably different ways that it could have like lived on and stayed a thing but I don't know it just wasn't like when I made the decision to get out of it it was certainly bittersweet but I immediately felt like great I can start to get on like a better path to feeling better about life you know yeah you probably felt like a a million pounds had been lifted off your shoulders and it's something that people don't realize like how much stress like even it can be you know someone who runs an agency or even just someone who's full-time freelancing how much stress goes into it with the agency you have more than just like living stress you have you know the stress of you know like you have employees that you have to be able to pay and and everything you have clients that you have to service and then at home you have a family you have to pay the bills you have to make sure that constantly you're doing stuff and so it can be super stressful like when you those clients dry up or those projects dry up like you have to be on the ball and you have to figure out okay how do we get more people coming through the door how do we get more money coming in and yeah. it's, it can be powerful well yeah man i mean like some people know this like you know we got sued and in, in that year too and that was just that was kind of one of the main things where it's like it's just not worth it yeah so it's hard to begin with and then for me in particular it's just like i i don't want this and it's it's a way out what is good is i mean when i started able it was, it was just it was kind of a crazy thing it's like i decided like on a wednesday like, I think I'm going to like start looking around and maybe do something else. And I had a couple calls, talked to a couple friends and yeah, I actually saw one of the founders of Able like post on Facebook, Hey, we raised a bunch of money. We're looking for such and such, such and such. And a creative director. And I emailed him and was like, Hey man, I am completely spent on this thing that I've been doing. Uh, what does a creative director mean to you? Like, I would be interested in talking about that. And he was just like, whoa, no no way, that's crazy. Like, we were going to reach out to you for, you know, to help us write this job rec, basically. So, like, if you if you want this, just come talk to us and you can have it. So I went in, that was like a Friday afternoon, went in, interviewed with them on Tuesday, and I started like two and a half weeks later. See, that's, it's so cool because it's like, it's, it's serendipity, you know? It's like, and being able to like, all of a sudden you're, you have all this stress, you're like, you know, what am I going to do? And then at the right moment, someone, you know, emails you or reaches out to you. And then now you're on, you, you've got a follow-up plan. You've got something, you know, once this ends or, you know, as this ends, like you're, you're good. You're, you're set, so to speak. And I remember when you reached out, cause you, you had seen one of my posts about going full-time freelance. And I remember you reached out. I can't remember if it was email or if it was, um, I think it was Twitter that you reached out. It's crazy because I get so so much good stuff has happened to me over Twitter. It's it's crazy, and uh, we started chatting. And then what was it? Two months later, we were officially working together. Yeah, and 
you know, it, it's just it's interesting. Yeah, what you don't know is you like saved me a hell of a headache of like I was the I was the only <laughs> designer at the company and it was just like drowning. So yeah, having anyone That's else right. to help was just yeah, like so amazing. Yeah, it was it was so much fun too because I still I look back on Able Lending and because now Able Lending is gone now it's no longer around. Yeah, they got acquired and kind of rolled up into another fintech company, but yeah, none of the crew that we worked with is part of that anymore. Yeah, it's it's like I still look back on that project though, and that was one of the I think that was one of the most fun projects I worked on in my entire career because you know we we were on a retainer basis and we were working one day a week. And, but every time, like it was, it was so easy. Cause it was after probably like the first month or two, we, we got in sync and we were able to work, you know, you or, uh, later on Stephen Carver, I think it was his last name. Caver. Yeah. Caver. Yeah. We would, you know, work on a project brief, get started, do sketches and then go straight into illustrations. And I pumped out so many illustrations for, able lending i i still i can still go back now grab an illustration and post it because i never got a chance to post it yeah <laughs> yeah well, i saw like after i left there was just like a huge amount there was that whole little like able world that was illustrated oh. by you yeah, i think we ended up creating well over a hundred illustrations yeah it's still not, it boggles my not mind surprising so in addition to being a creative director and a product designer and and a business person, you've also, you know, been working hard with your wife on a couple of side businesses of your own specifically, you know, Yellow Bess, uh, which is your wife's business and Passenger Laser Lab, which is yours. Uh, can you share a little bit about those two? Yeah, so as I've gone into like the sort of full-time working for other people mode the last few years, Nicole has become like the real entrepreneur at the house so she's built this crazy instagram following of like highly engaged people uh, and sells custom rubber stamps and sends them you know all over the world and as part of like growing that business and optimizing our cash flow on it buying a laser cutter like became an obvious wise investment (laughs) which is pretty awesome we were paying like a lot of money every month to have it having someone make all the the actual like rubber for us yeah so bought a laser cutter a couple years ago and now we have two of them but it's just been a thing where now we have these tools in the garage and so i start to dork out on other things and really aside from having like an instagram account like i put together a website like on new year's day last year or something for passenger it's a you know nicole's yellow best thing has been like the main like side business and then with passenger it's been so little effort to like start doing things just for the friends that are designers around town and it's been cool nicole's business has grown and has part-time employee that works a couple days a week so that's pretty fun and you know if i if passenger ever does have any sort of like bigger projects they can take care of that work so it's not it's not like a uh, drain on my time or like a drudgery thing i i really have optimized what i do with that to just be fun kind of enjoyment stuff i've been getting into making my own products and yeah it's pretty fun to actually make something physical when all you work on is interfaces most of the time yeah everything's digital and to create something that's tangible that you can actually hold in your hands is definitely a big thing i i still like i love i'll actually go to your instagram uh, for passenger laser labs and i'll just like look at the stuff you guys are creating because it's mesmerizing 
you know, to actually see something that someone's like created online and then to see it actually like being, you know, cut out. And then even you started, like, like you said, you started creating products. And the one that I'm really excited about, we've talked about this, is uh, you created this on air, you know, light up display. And it's yeah. all like everything's cut out. And that's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Thanks, man. I came up with that because I started at my last job working freelance here and there. Or sorry, not freelance. I started working remote about like 30, well, I don't know, 40% of the time. I'd still have to go in a few days. But the days that I was home, there was no real like clear indicator for my kids of when like daddy's available. Like I, I have this really cool Airstream office in my backyard, but kind of not the greatest when you're like on a call with the CEO and you know, your four-year-old just wants to play and knock on the window. So when I I moved to Trello and it was like a real full-time, you know, I've, I've been to an office twice in 2019 so far. I'm, I'm very much a remote employee. I needed some sort of solution. And so I had this thing in my mind of making a Wi-Fi enabled sign that could stay in the house that I could switch the colors on. And yeah, so that's what I did. I had initially started thinking with like different ways you can produce it, but figured out a way that I could do it all 100% with laser. And then also, I thought I was going to have to do a bunch of engineering to make like the guts work, but was able to just do research and find this. So it's actually, it's really cool. It's cooler than I thought it would be. It's if this, then that, then that enabled. So uh, for example, we have this calendar appointment together that is on google calendar so my light inside the house right now is red my kids know that i'm on a call yeah and so it's just tied to my google calendar so anytime there's an event that's my way to signal that i'm busy and then when i have free time i there's a little app that comes with it so i can just turn it to green and um that's kind of like an indicator to the kids like hey like that's when i'm like not doing real deep work they can come and hang out what is nice too is I have it set where, and you can like user program all these things in, but have it set to like this like warm white light at night. So like when it's in our living room and we're watching TV, it just like ends up being this like really nice aesthetic thing. So it's been super cool. We're actually debating like if a Kickstarter would be a good idea for it. I have about five that I'm building this weekend. And the whole goal of these first five is getting just like feedback and seeing how people use it. Yeah, I honestly like I didn't even think about that use case. I, I'm like now I'm like I want to get two of those. Like get one for my studio and then get one for the living room because that that is one thing. You know when you work out of out of your your home or something like that, like you always have this possibility of, of like someone accidentally coming in when you're you know for like for me recording YouTube videos or or anything like that or you know people wanting to run like the the washer and dryer and then now you have that going in the background but having that as like a reminder it's really cool but yeah i just i really like that and i like the the fact that you've kind of like it, it's this has become more than it, you say it's like a hobby and everything but it's really it's a learning experience too because you're able to experiment with things you're able to try out new things and everything and you're not you you're lucky because unlike most people you actually have the tools to be able to do it and so I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I'm i like having the tools is a big deal for me. I wouldn't be able to afford any of this stuff if it wasn't for Nicole's business actually supporting it. I used to take laser projects over to a friend's house that he had, had still has a really cool little side hustle doing uh, like corporate laser engraving stuff. But it always was kind of this pressure. It was like, well, I've got to like take it to his house and then I need to make sure I don't like waste a bunch of his time. And like, I need to be real in and real out. Cause I like, 
know that he's got stuff going on and his own clients. So now, I mean, it's kind of like once the kids are asleep, it's just a function of how late can I stay up and still be functional tomorrow. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, kind of I a think common that's really thing. Cool. I also just have friends over. My buddy Ryan was over the other night. She drank whiskey in the garage and like engraved a bunch of weird stuff and super fun. Yeah. So let me ask you, like, do you consider yourself a jack of all trades? I mean, you're a creative director, a product designer, creative tinkerer with like passenger laser laser labs, like guitarists, and and so much more. Like, do you feel like you know if you do feel like you are a jack of all trades? Like, do you feel like that's been a key to like your success to where you are today? I know that's a lot of a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, well, yeah, it it's hard for me to ever zoom out and see like if. I'm successful or not, but it's like, I certainly enjoy being a generalist. There's things that I could be dramatically better at. I definitely could be a better guitar player. I could be a better product designer. I could be, I could even try to be an illustrator. You know, it's like, I like the stuff that you do or like Ryan Weaver or like some of these other people that I work with who are just freaks and I'm so bad at that stuff, but I just enjoy (laughs) sitting in the middle of like a lot of different things. It's yeah, maybe less of, like, has this contributed to any success and more just being, like, it probably just helps me stay a little bit more balanced being involved in a lot of things. I I like pursuing new skills and probably just only end up, like, getting to a level of mastery of the ones that, like, really interest me, so. Yeah, it probably also helps out with uh, preventing burnout, too, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably not that great at that part, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, any repetition, that's that's the thing is I like, I've noticed in myself that I really enjoy like building and creating new things. Where I've seen myself get burnt out is when I go into like maintenance mode on something or production mode. So like with, with exa- an example is like on the laser work, like super fun to come up with a concept, super not fun to like make 500 of those things i don't i don't enjoy the like just making to make i like like the idea origination side yeah i think i can definitely get behind that because and it's the i think it gets the creative in you too like you prefer to to come up with the concepts execute on them and everything but you don't like the the mass production of it yeah it's like i don't know buy like those like icon packs or whatever like Man, I'm glad yeah, somebody, so somebody does that because I could never, ever do that. It Trust me, it, it's a migraine trying to do something like I did an emoji pack, and it was a migraine. Like, after the first 10, I was like, what am I doing? Do I really want to keep, keep doing this? Yeah. But for those of my listeners out there who are wanting to, like, break into, like, the creative world, design world, you know, what advice do you have for them? Like, or tips and tricks or, or, or whatever. It's a, a question I've been asking everyone I've been interviewing and I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably a few things. I would say that in your early years in your career, you're not too good for things. That's one thing that I feel like design Twitter, Dribble, or whatever, like one of the negatives that comes out of those. There's especially like if you've maybe like done a few things that have been successful and had some early wins, there does seem like a thing where entitlement really can bite you. Um, so that's a big one. Uh, and that goes into also like just seizing opportunities. So like my thing of like apartment complex is like, that's not cool work. Like it's not stuff that 
that I would really even want to show off a decade later or whatever, but <laughs> it was super lucrative and it taught me a lot and it taught me how to like deal with clients, run my business. Uh, there was so much value in those projects and even though it wasn't cool work, I seized the opportunity and jumped on it. So I think there's a lot of stuff like that where sort of opening yourself up and being kind of humble about, yeah, I'm just trying to figure this out and like get started, like be okay with starting on sort of whatever projects. It doesn't all have to be like kick-ass, like tech startup or like beer branding or whatever designers like me want to work on. Yeah. And then I think the other big one is just on the relationship side. So uh, a lot of people definitely preach about like finding your mentors. I'll say that one thing on the mentorship side, it doesn't have to be weird. Like, you know, write to somebody and would you please be my mentor? Like doesn't have to feel like you're courting this person, but just if there's that person in your town who looks like they're doing cool stuff and looks like maybe they own a house or like can pay for their own car, <laughs> you know, or whatever it is, like, <laughs> like ask them to get coffee and just pick their brain about stuff. I had these two, two people, uh, Holly Metter and Carl Miner that I did this with. And I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about like the word mentor with these people, but I saw that they did the thing that I was aspiring to do and just ask them questions when I got that first like $60,000 print job, I went to Holly specifically as like, hey, you do a lot of print work. Man, the printer keeps asking me about printer spread. I have no idea what that is. Can you please just meet me for coffee and like walk me through how do you even break this down? And, uh, and she did that. And honestly, I don't think I would have a career without them. I worked with Carl for a bunch of years after initially getting a lot of his like early advice. So mentor stuff, just asking for help early on is pretty big but then I think there's this other thing on relationships of I don't know if I heard this somewhere or if I came up with it but there's like a concept of like having relational equity so like doing things that invest in the relationships with other people and that's mm -hmm. not just design people it's just trying to grow your own personal network yeah especially as a freelancer like the number of people that you know has a definite correlation to the number of opportunities you have and so getting involved with like I went to a bunch of design meetups in Austin, but I also went to a bunch of like business people meetups and interest groups and feel like even still today, I, if something were to happen and I like needed a job tomorrow, I would at least have a network to draw from with freelance projects or full-time jobs. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's, if I had to sum it up, yeah, it's that two things. It's like, you're never like too good for work and relationships hugely matter. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, especially on the, the relationship, the network and everything. You know, like when I went out on my own, I put out, you know, on a Monday that I was going full time freelance. And by the end of the week, I had, you know, multiple job offers from major companies. And I had a ton of work that was already signed by the end of the week. And so it just, you know, it's because of that network. It's because of those relationships that I fostered. And a lot of those actually came from going to events, going to conferences or going to meetups and yeah. just like getting to know people. Yeah, totally. There's like the often misquoted, I think it's like a Woody Allen or I don't even know, but I just like the sentiment of like 80% of success is showing up. It's like just be, being a presence helps out. Yeah, it really does. Music's the one that taught me that. It's just if you really like this, you know, small independent band and you want to play in that band someday, like just go to a bunch of their shows and get to know them. And like, sure enough, that happened to me like over and over again, just being around. It's like, Oh, guitar player canceled. I heard you play guitar. Like, can you come do it? <laughs> 
what's that other adage? It's not what you know, it's who you know. And, and it's, it's true. You know, it's true when it comes to getting jobs. It's true when it comes to getting freelance work. It's true for a lot of different things. Oh, yeah, man. There's, like, plenty of other more talented designers that could have, you know, done other things that I've done. But So let me ask you, like, are there any interesting projects that, that you're working on? Could be even stuff that you're working on with your wife with Yellow Bess or passenger laser labs that you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, like, as far as side things like that, I mentioned the on-air sign is, like, a big one, but we are digging into other products, so she's... Nicole specifically has this audience that has really loved all of her rubber stamp stuff, but we're kind of getting into this thing of developing our own products, so we're working on this, like, wooden productivity binder thing that's, uh... There's that whole thing with, like, bullet journaling, but this would be, like, more of, like, a week planner. Mm. So that's that's a big one that we're developing right now, which is another, like, laser project, laser and printing project. That, and then she started a subscription box recently. I also run a subscription box through uh, my former company, Crayjoy. That's right. Yeah, so hers is just yellow best box. Mine's standard dispatch. And, you know, these are, like, small, micro, tiny businesses that, you know, other people, I think like own boats and stuff (laughs) like we have these businesses like (laughs) we just these are our hobbies so yeah so like standard dispatch has been fun it's a curated like box for men that we send out a few of those every month but it was fun just things to keep me interested and i think at some point i'm gonna like need to pair back and like pick which horses i want to invest the most time (laughs) in yeah, and I'll make sure to include in the show notes for this episode all of those things. That way people can find that stuff and everything. Uh, but for those of people who are listening, where can they find you? I think the best place is to sort of check out what I'm working on. Probably the Passenger Laser Lab Instagram, my own personal Instagram, which is just Stu the Smith. Still post on Twitter quite a bit under Stu the Smith. And uh, occasionally on Dribble, I'll do some stuff. So... And that's just dribble slash Stu Smith. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a part of one of the first interviews on the podcast and everything. And, you know, I'm really excited to definitely get my hands on one of those on air signs. And there'll be images on the show notes for people to see because they really are awesome. The fact that you made them yourself, like they look like they were, you know, mass produced. They're very high quality and everything. It's, it's really awesome. And uh, I know you keep mentioning to me about making some sort of stamp or something like that. I, one of these days, I'm finally going to send you something yeah, uh, to get it made. Dude, so, yeah. Still have a free yeah, stamp thank you. Yeah. But thank you so much again for jumping on and giving me, you know, almost an hour of your time and everything. Because, you know, it, it's great to catch up with you. And it's great to, like, you know, this, a lot of the stuff you share, like, I didn't even know about. And so it was questions that I was curious about as well. Sweet. Well, hopefully some someone gets use out of this, you know, <laughs> some, like, chubby dad in a trailer talking about design so (laughs) you're not chubby man i'm the chubby one (laughs) whatever all right dude thanks so Uh, much all right thank you thanks for tuning in to another great episode of the design break podcast if you guys would like to find the show notes to this episode or any other episodes please head over to www.designbreakpodcast.com forward slash episodes This episode of the Design Break Podcast was written and produced by me, Rocky Rourke, with special thanks to my podcast editor, Lorraine Varone. And if you like what you hear so far, please remember to subscribe to the podcast 
and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about the Design Break Podcast, follow us on all social platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at The Design Break, for great new content that will be shared beyond just what you hear in this podcast. And if you'd like to see what I'm currently up to, you can follow me on any social media platform at Rocky Rourke.